So I thought I'd do something a little bit different today. You'll know me or you'll have stumbled across this podcast because I'm the one that writes the morning reports or the vast majority of the morning reports and therefore have an opinion that you'll be aware of and probably quite a narrow focus on my opinion being the gospel, despite how many times I get it wrong. So what I wanted to do was just uh, invite a colleague to, to have a chat. This is Dan Quigley. Um, Dan's one of our senior traders uh, and a structured product expert. Um, and we do have some good back and forth on the market. So he doesn't know what I'm going to ask him at the moment. So I just thought I'd put him on the spot uh, and see where we go. So Dan, um, getting straight into it, um, you obviously, you and people have worked this out from the accent, um, New Zealander living in London. Um, you've been here long enough to know exactly what's gone on with, with Brexit. And we've seen a, a bit of a sterling recovery, but we haven't seen it go off to the races yet. Um, or I don't think we have anyway. Um, have you got a view on the pound and what's going on and why we aren't at 120 on sterling euro, 160 on the dollar? Yeah, hey, Mark, thanks for having me along. Um, uh, look, I think um, all in all, the pound's had a relatively good time of it since late last year. Um, and we have seen um, a fair bit of good news priced into the currency across the board. Um, but uh, you know, consensus, like you say, was if we got a Brexit deal done, we were going to see 145 plus uh, against the dollar um, and potentially 120s against the euro again. Um, I think there's probably a couple of key reasons for that. Um, at the moment, uh, well, for one, on the, on the other side of the, the equation, um, you know, the, the dollar weakness hasn't been quite as extreme as, as what was predict predicted at the start of the year. Um, so that, that's kept a little bit of a cap on, uh, on the pound, rallying significantly against the dollar. Um, <clears throat> and there's still plenty of uncertainty in the, you know, out there in the rest of the world at the moment. Um, and uh, you know, there were a number of people quoted over the last few years saying that the pound now trades a little bit like an emerging market currency. Sure. So as long as there's uh, you know, risk out there globally, um, that could keep a, a little bit of a lid on things. Um, but like I say, you know, we, we have had a pretty decent move Regardless of that, and a lot of that happened um, you know, late last year as expectations of a, a Brexit deal came to fruition. Um, and you could argue that there is actually a lot of good news already priced into the currency. Mm -hmm. uh, so effectively what we're looking for now is that, that next stimulus uh, or that next kicker to give us uh, another leg higher. Yeah. Um, Do you think the government's got enough money left in the coffers or enough IOUs to be able to give us a stimulus and a kicker in, a, in the domestic economy? Well, I mean, that, that, that's a big question and, uh, you know, you could argue that the UK has sort of lagged behind uh, the European Union and the, and the States in terms of the amount of stimulus that's uh, been injected into the economy uh, and perhaps that's another reason why, um, you know, we haven't seen things uh, head off to the races uh, to quite the same extent um, and that's reflected in you know, UK, UK equity markets as well, um, which, yeah. um, you know, haven't quite had... Um, the same the same pickup that we saw. Yeah, I mean that that's amazing, isn't it? I was I was writing a piece this morning on you know Netflix has lost fifteen percent overnight, but it's still thirty percent up. And if actually if you look at the S and P five hundred, it's so much higher than any of the UK markets at all. Um, and it does feel like we've just been sitting here, just waiting for something something to happen. Do you think? Do you think the S and P and the US or, or global markets have to come down in order for the UK to catch up, or can we light a fire somehow and, and, and start getting back up there? Uh, I don't think that they necessarily have to come down. I think that uh, you know we probably haven't quite caught up to the level that we thought we would pre-Brexit, um, but uh, you know potentially there's some more good news to come there that could see us outperform. Um, but uh, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be. 
uh, it's sort of a race between the nations at the moment in terms of uh, who gets this, uh, this this rollout and this reopen yeah. uh, reopening right. And uh, you know, at the moment, Touchwood, we seem to be doing okay. Um, but uh, I mean, look, there are you know consensus as we've said is that the pound will be well supported. But you know, there's some some serious risks still out there at the moment. Um, I know one that we spoke about recently was the, the the Scottish election coming up next month and whether or not that is actually a yeah. a risk for the pound or not. Yeah, I think I see that as a as it inevitably will lead to a risk because Boris is going to find himself with a a, a Scottish government that is overwhelmingly in favour of a second referendum. So public opinion is going to almost force his hand for that. But if we know that's going to happen, but it's not going to happen for a couple of years and we're probably bored senseless from the UK public's perspective on going through political campaigns and referendum based on what we've been through for the last four and a half years. I think that risk turns up on the doorstep a few weeks before the referendum. And I think the campaigning of that is going to be so different to how we saw Brexit. You know, Brexit was a battle bus and an, an empty slogan, turned out to be an empty slogan anyway, um, that a lot of people, you know, they won the hearts and minds. And I think this time around, people are going to be looking at the balance sheets and the realities of, of what that vote means for the for the decades and you know of the rest of their lives and their and their kids' lives, rather than trying to make such an emotive decision. I'm saying that obviously with a, with a very English accent, um, and you know I haven't got much of an idea what it's like north of the border for that. But I just think from a market perspective, that that risk starts to play out much closer to the time, and it's just an inevitability, really. I read uh, recently that. Um uh, there was a, a survey taken by the SNP a few years ago in terms of where they would see the, the Scottish economy at as an independent nation by 2025, and they said that there's a, a they would expect to be running at nine percent or nine nine point nine percent deficit uh, of GDP, nine point nine percent of GDP. Um, I think the the international sort of standard of you're okay uh, is about three percent. Wow. So, I mean, in your view, do you think that, uh, you know, Scotland leaving uh, would be a bad thing for the rest of the UK? Um, well, I, I, absolutely. Candidly, you know, I think it's, you know, we, we are a union. We've, we've built the, the sort of the economic power that we've got collectively. Now, obviously, a lot of that is, is weighted into what is modern day economics and, and London and, and the southeast. But the reality is we're, we're definitely stronger as a nation. So not that I will be campaigning, but I think I... I would be looking much more closely at the numbers and hopefully I'll be in a position where I can write about the numbers and say, look, Scotland, really do think about this as well. I think I've probably got four or five readers north of the border, so we'll, we'll have a look and see. Um, changing topic slightly, and I, I want to cover just one more before we, we go on there, and, and this is really about government spending as well. The US, um, Biden, green recovery. Um, does he do it? Does he get the money in? Does the money get well spent? And does that mean that you know, they kick the can down the road of this just ever burgeoning deficit because they've got some decent headline growth numbers, or does it come back and bite them sooner rather than later? Well, I mean, it seems since the election that, that he's had a pretty easy time of it, and potentially that's, you know, due to the fact that the Republicans have been quite disorganised, uh, managing to get the, uh, the stimulus bill through last month without too much fuss and pretty much the full amount that he wanted. So, I mean, you'd have to say that from that perspective that, you know, things look relatively hopeful. Um, but uh, I think the key risk this time is that, um, you know, the, the, the next round of stimulus with that included uh, is huge. Um, and 
I think something to be rolled out over over eight years or something like that. Um, but the way he's planning on paying it is obviously hiking the corporate tax rate up, back up to, to 28%, um, and it would take about 15 years to pay that off. Um, I think he'd be able to get it through with, um, you know, just with Democrat votes uh, alone. Um, but whether or not those those tax hikes are, are something that everyone would vote for or not means yeah. that, uh, you know, this could be something that takes maybe takes a little bit longer to get through. Yeah. Do you cut the spending because you can't get taxes to where you want them, or do you just spend it anyway and then almost make that the next administration's problem? Because he's not running a second term. He's, he's, I think he said that, or definitely he probably shouldn't be running a second term. So. Is that something that he can say, well, I saved the day and you know, that's, that's for someone else to, to worry about? Yeah, I mean, like, it seems like he's, uh, you know, he, he's happy to spend and with the backing of, uh, of Janet Yellen, who seems to uh, have the, the purse completely open and uh, yeah. also uh, seems to be relatively aligned with, uh, with the Fed. Um, which you, is a well, bit of, hope so. <laughs> which is a bit of a change since Trump, where they were obviously, yeah. uh, you know, com- com- uh, everything was a battle, basically. So, yeah. Um, yeah, perhaps there's a, there's a good chance of, uh, of yeah. getting that through. I think from my perspective, Yellen is, is quite reassuring right? because she's been there. You know, she's, she's been around government for so long. She's been you know, head of the, the, the central bank. You know, that would be seen as, as someone that really does know what the numbers mean. And if she says it's all right, then I think that's probably a good space. I mean, I still can't work out how you can finance that much of a deficit, um, but they've got that, I'm sure. Uh, we shall see. Um, look, we, I wanted to cover a couple of subjects. We've done that. We'll definitely be back for more. Um, thanks for, for your time and the contributions, and one of us will be right with something, I'm sure. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, great to see the uh, the face behind the morning report. <laughs> Not everyone will think that, but yeah, there we go, it's this. <laughs>